0: Canadian Wants to Know, ein Podcast für Englisch Lernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen
1: und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, the Canadian George Mobledo.
0: Welcome back to the podcast, Ashley.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here again.
0: I asked you to come back because I was looking at the statistics and I think our episode, our last episode together about how to small talk is the third most listened to episode on my podcast. So I'm very, very happy about that.
1: Woohoo! (laughs) I am too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So I was like, ah, yeah, people really like Ashley. And I remember when my wife was helping me prepare the questions and the vocabulary list. So shout out to my wife because she's the one who does that for all of you guys.
1: She was there. even
0: telling me he's like, wow, Ashley seems like such an interesting person. I want to meet her in real life.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm flattered and I'm also very honored to be to be on your podcast again. I'm looking forward to it. And we have a nearly completely different topic to discuss this time around. So,
0: yes. I'm, so can yeah. you expand? Tell us, tell the audience, what are we going to talk <laughs> about today?
1: So today, um, you, you've told me that you have transitions on your mind. And so today we're going to talk about some transitions in mm-hmm. my life in particular, and perhaps your transitions will come up as well. Uh, but yeah, these transitions and what experiences have uh, kind of shaped the person that I am today. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of intercultural background to this as well. So I think be, so. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. we are immigrants here in Germany, so we have experienced transition in in a very real concrete way. Whereas if you never really have to leave your home, they have a different experience as to change. And maybe sometimes for people, it will will be a scary thought that I would ever leave my home or to change my job. Like I've met people here in Germany who did the same job for 40 years and then retired. (laughs) It's like, wow, I I don't know if you've met people like that.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, my uh, father-in-law, he worked at the same company for a good, yeah, I think 45, maybe even 50 years actually. And then, so it was his one job, his entire life. And he also lived in this one town his entire life. Granted for his job, he got to travel a lot. So his life was kind of quite open in, in, in that way. But I know that there, there are plenty of people who haven't had to make that choice or haven't had to have such a transition. And there are plenty of people who haven't even thought about it or even have the desire to because they're quite happy with with where they are and, and how life's going for them. And so it's just, it's a completely different outlook that you then, then have, I think, once you're able to go through one of these transitions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What I think is true, though, even if I work at a, the same place for 40 years, is that change will happen. Mm. Maybe not at such a large scale, but even, for example, you get married to someone. And there are two guarantees when you get married to this person. Number one, you cannot change them, right? Like, I, I'm going to change my partner because I don't like this quality. And no, it's not going to work. And number two, they will change. And maybe not always in the way that you imagine. So it's, it's a natural part of, of, human experience, of the human experience to change, to transition, to evolve. And uh, to be open to it can help us manage it better.
1: Mm-hmm. Most definitely, I think, and that's a good example is is a relationship as well because you are uh you're at a certain stage in your life when you meet, when you fall in love, uh, and then as the relationship progresses, you you then not only change individually, but then you also change as a couple, and your relationship changes as well. And then it's it's something where people say to continually reevaluate these changes and the ups and downs and and where they fit and looking at your passions and what drives you and because what might have driven you 15 years ago is certainly not what's driving you today, or maybe it is. There are some people that are quite consistent. Like my my husband is very, very consistent. He is very, very German, also. But I I think that even so, he's he's certainly changed within the breadth of our um, relationship as well. But I think I'm I'm digressing. I'm getting away from the topic here at hand. Bringing it back to, uh, I mean, that's one of the transitions that I would happily talk about. I have, you originally asked me about the two most important transitions in my life. And I had to really, really think about this because I wasn't entirely sure what to focus on. If transition meant actually a physical move from one place to the other, if transition was, as you mentioned, also a relationship uh, with a a person that, that makes you yourself change internally or if a transition was uh, deciding to study one thing or the other. And so I've, I've put a lot of thought into this and and I've uh, kind of come up with what I think two very distinct, not necessarily the most important, because I think I would really, I'd have to spend a lot longer time thinking about what the most significant or most important ones, but two, two very uh, significant ones to me then that I think that I would, I would be happy to, to talk with you about. And okay. Get into. So tell us. Yeah. Uh, so One of the most important decisions or changes that I ever made uh, scholastically was when I was studying. I went to school to study medical biology, and I picked a school based on this degree and the program that they have. And I went there, and within the first semester, I decided that, nope, this is not for me, (laughs) not at all. I changed majors uh, two more times, I think, from psychology to literature and then maybe even also just liberal arts until I discovered that I could actually design my own major. And it was something where I had never thought about doing. And I thought, well, you know, my, my track, my life had been built up to this kind of medical path. And then I realized that, okay, well, this actually isn't what I want to do. What do I want to do then? And and there was a little bit of soul searching that I needed to, to do, but also looking at the types of courses that I was taking and trying to figure out, okay, What do I actually enjoy doing? What can I spend hours on and not even realize that the hours are passing? And that led me to designing my own major in social and cultural studies through film. And... I also ended up not only designing my major, but then assigning myself a senior thesis. It wasn't a requirement, but I, I wanted to do it. And my advisor at the time even told me that he didn't think it was a good idea because he didn't see how I could do it, how I could bring everything that I was studying together into one thesis. And I'm I'm the type of person that if somebody tells me that I can't do something, then I say, well, you know what? I'm going to show you that I can. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, but like, I'm so fascinated that you even had the idea to do something like this. Had you met anyone else who had done something similar?
1: Uh, no, not really. At least the school where I went to, it was it's quite a small private school in Maine and people went there for medicine or for science. And you had a couple of people studying kind of the, the liberal arts, uh, but no, I didn't know anybody who was doing it. I had heard about it, or at least with other schools when I had originally looked that the, you know, you could also design your own major, but thought, you know, why, why do that when they have all these other programs that are planned out for you. But I thought the path that I was kind of falling into was quite zigzaggy. It wasn't just this one linear path. And I thought that, well, I might as well lean into it and just go with it and, and see where, where it then takes me. Uh, And then it led me then to also doing a master's degree within a similar context, doing visual anthropology. And then that led me to then my next important transition, because during my master's degree, I met my now husband, and that's what brought me to Germany, which was also a very significant transition in my life.
0: And you met him at university in Maine? Exactly.
1: Uh, No, in England, actually. Oh, in England. Okay. Yeah. So I did my I did my bachelor's in in Maine but then I went on to do a master's degree in England at the University of Kent
0: Wow well i'm I'm still kind of interested with that first one were your parents supportive of your decision to kind of create your own uh, <laughs> program
1: uh, yes and no i'm I'm quite fortunate to have parents. In particular, my my mom has always been very supportive of what I what I want to do. Uh, however, it was it definitely came as a shock to my parents because I think from quite early on I had always said, "Oh, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a veterinarian, and I want to be a physical therapist." I even did a high school program where I did rotations through a hospital so I could experience different areas, and so it was just. Medical path—that's quite clear. This is what Ashley's going to do with her life. And then when I said after my first semester, not even through my first semester of college, that no, I'm I'm I, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to change my major. I'm thinking maybe psychology. I think the uh, <laughs> the strongest reaction actually came from my nana, from my grandma, who who said, "Oh God, what did she say?" She said. I think it was something along the lines of just simply, what the hell are you gonna do with that? Like (laughs) what are you gonna do with that degree? And at the time I was thinking, okay, transitioning from medical into psychology, thinking something like cognitive behavioral science, something like this. It was quite interesting to me. But after a semester or two of psych classes, I realized that no, this also isn't for me. I don't, I don't like it. I don't see working in a clinic or in a hospital. It's just, it's not going to be for me. And then, of course, my um, my parents told me that, well, you know, you're racking up some student debt now. So you need to make sure that you have a job coming out of this.
0: Yeah, and that's and, what I was going to ask you next, because it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. To go to university in America is expensive.
1: It is. It is extremely expensive. And so that I was of the opinion, of the very naive opinion at the time. I said, well, you know, that's kind of future Ashley's problem, right? Right now I have my loans. It's paying for everything that I need. And uh, that'll be future Ashley's problem in finding a, a job and doing something. I grew up with two working parents. My My mom worked... My dad worked, we moved around a lot and wherever we went, you know, my mom would take on whatever job that she could find and it was always something different for her too. And so I always thought, well, you know, I'll, I'm bound to find something. Yeah. And hopefully I'll be able to find something that makes me happy. And if not, hopefully I'll be able to overcome those circumstances and do what I need to do to, to change that.
0: Yeah. I find that so cool. Cause I have similar experience when I think about my parents, that their life stories has influenced the way I live today and the choices that I make in my own life. And it's like, wow, crazy mm. decisions that they made like 40, 50 years ago have sure. really shaped how I see the world and how I move through the world. So for example, my parents being immigrants and mm-hmm. coming to a can- uh, uh, to Canada and not being able to speak the language, not having any family and still managing it has helped me in my life in Germany to say, okay, if my parents were able to do it, then I can also do it. And I can find solutions. I can learn the language.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Whereas if maybe I don't have that experience, I would probably think about it in a different way. So I can imagine for you to see how your mom was always able to adapt and find something kind of shaped the way you thought about work.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I think that it was something where it, w- it wasn't even a question of if. If I would work, it was a question of what what work would there be and not even, I'm, I'm not saying this how I want to right now. It was just this can-do attitude that always came through where we thought, okay, well... We have to move now. Here we are. Okay, what opportunities are there here? Before I worked in a dental office, but now there's nothing like that around here. I need to be able to commute and take the kids to school too. So what am I doing now? Okay, I'm going to work in an elementary school. Or what am I doing now? Okay, I'm going to do files for this um, architecture firm. Yeah, so you you kind of look to see what's what's there and you just kind of make it happen and you you work with what you have too which i think also really influenced me designing my own major it was just okay these are the things that i like these are the things that i have at my disposal what can i do with this how can i turn this into something tangible for myself and so i was able to take all these little pieces and put them together i mean puzzles are also a, a big thing for me and for my family we enjoy the, the challenge of putting these pieces together and i think that that has definitely rolled into my My outlook on on life and problem solving meeting challenges, and it's just okay, let's look at these pieces and let's try to put them together.
0: I like that. I think a lot about uh how poker is a great mm. metaphor for life.
1: Mm. I don't
0: get to decide the cards that I'm given. It's true but now that I have these cards, I gotta find a way to play the game mm-hmm. um and, and that that actually hit me pretty hard when I moved to Costa Rica at the age of twenty three Mm -hmm. And just seeing how much harder the other students had it than I did at that particular moment in in terms of paying for their education. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, I used to feel really bad about it. I'm like, how come my parents were able to go to Canada and build up a life? And now I have certain advantages. I can speak English. I can work here as an English teacher. I can also work at Amazon that these young kids here don't have. But I realized that feeling bad doesn't change anyone's situation. It doesn't put any more money in their pockets. It doesn't. So I realize I just have to focus on what are the cards that I've been given and to use that to the best of my abilities to serve others.
1: Definitely, and for that sure. kind
0: of helped me shift the way I thought about life. And I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know, maybe you see it differently, but it doesn't help me to just feel bad. Oh, I feel so bad. I have more advantages. I just say this is my situation. I can just be very grateful to my parents for the life that they've given me. And now, how can I use these gifts, these talents, these resources for the service of others?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think in in a way, it's almost. I I feel like it's something that's in, ingrained as well. If you if you grew up within a hardworking family, within an immigrant family, uh, in in any case that you you have this within you that okay we're, we're striving, we're growing, we're climbing, we're reaching, we're going to get better. We're going to, we're going to grow. And then once you're up at a certain level, then you're able to then also kind of look down and see, okay, there are others that are struggling. What can I do to help bring them up as well? What, what, Mm -hmm. what is it that I have at my disposal that I, that I can offer to, to help these people also start climbing up and getting up and and bringing them? Because it's also something where, I mean, if, if you think about it, if you have your, your basic needs that are met, That's when you're able to start reflecting on your life. Whereas if you don't have your basic needs that are met, you know, if you're, if you're worried about where your next meal is going to come, come from, if you're worried about if the heat's going to be on in your house, um, you don't have the capacity then to think about, okay, well, what's the next step in my career or what's the, (laughs) you know, you're, you're, you're busy thinking about this day to day. How am I going to survive today? As opposed to how am I going to grow within the year or within the next couple of years? And I think it's important to remember how you got to where you are and why you got there. And then also to, like I said, look, look back, reach down, um, help others get that leg up as well. So that they they are also then at that, that place where they can also start thinking about and reflecting, okay, well, how can I not only better my life, but other lives as well?
0: Mm-hmm. No, it is a lot of thinking though. Mm. And uh, sometimes people say, George, the questions you ask me, I've never thought about that. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. (laughs) I want you to think about questions you've never considered before. So that's the question is, how can I use the resources at my my disposal for the service of others? Not everyone is as lucky as we are. And even if we feel that we are unlucky, if you just take a step back, you realize, oh, no, 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 no. Especially in Germany. I just had that this morning with one of my students. I was telling her, I love Germany. Like, we're so lucky here. And she couldn't she didn't get it. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't like Germany. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can understand if this was is this if this is all you know, I can understand how it's possible that you're not able to see the beauty and and, and just see all of the benefits that we have. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard.
1: Well, and if you're if you're fortunate to, enough to have the experience where you do go to other countries and not just visit, but stay there and get to know the infrastructure there, then you also start to realize and appreciate certain things that you might have in one place, but not in another. Or, cause I, I feel like, I mean, you, you've, made a decision now to head back home now yourself to, to Canada. And so I'm sure that you're probably also going through this process of thinking, okay, well, in Germany, I have things set up this way, or I'm able to reach, you know, have these certain benefits. And when I go back to Canada, then it's going to be this way, and I'm going to have to change that. And so that, that's a big undertaking as well. And I think there's also a huge difference between having a, a big transition like that, where you're moving to a different country, um, if it's by choice, or if it's uh, by necessity you know if if you have to leave your country if if you're a refugee for example whereas if you're just um deciding to move to to better your life i mean they're both massive transitions but then i feel like the thought process for them is also a little bit a little bit different
0: oh absolutely yeah yeah absolutely yeah no definitely i do compare something i talk a lot about is just gratitude
1: mm-hmm. right if
0: i can develop an attitude of gratitude i can manage life better so I'm just grateful. Seven years in this country has made me into the person I am today. I've grown, mm-hmm. like I've started a business, I've met so many wonderful people. People say, "Oh, Germans are cold. Germans are unfriendly. It's not true. It's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. I've met hundreds of friendly, wonderful, caring, generous Germans. Uh, and that's kind of like the attitude take I, I take just everywhere I go. If you can just be grateful, then those transitions don't hit you as hard.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, then, because you're also focusing on the the now as well, right? You're able to live in that moment and, and be grateful for, for where you are, for sure. And I, I mean, have you so seven years, have you taken on any Germanisms?
0: Oh, absolutely. There's And yeah. I just, I did a, an interview with someone the other day and they were asking me about some of the qualities and I was telling them, I've, I've developed some German qualities that are quite useful, organization. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. a much more organized person today because of Germany, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Also, in terms of my finances and how I uh, manage my finances, mm. uh, if you give a Canadian $1, he will spend $1.71. That's not <laughs> sustainable. But that was the mentality that I grew up with. And Mm -hmm. I also saw it in my own family It's just credit. Everything was debt. And that Mm -hmm. created a lot of problems in the home, right? Because you don't know how do you pay off these debts, right? Whereas Germans have taught me, no, save, be more Mm -hmm. responsible. If you don't have to buy that, you don't buy it, right? So these are really great qualities that I've adopted in these last seven years that are going Mm -hmm. to serve me as I return home.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think that the um, German fiscal outlook is definitely um, a plus to take with you with thinking about savings. And I'm I'm happy to say that I am officially debt free as of this year. I've paid off all of my student debt. Congratulations.
0: So, um, That's thank great. you.
1: Thank you. I'm feeling really good about that. Uh, but now it's it's also I feel like the the fiscal outlook is also combined with the need for sustainability as well. So for example, I remember when I, when I first moved here, my partner had a, a, a water cooker, one of those little electronic teapots yes. and, and at one point it, it and, I, and I said, you know, you've had this for so long, like all of the, like the labels rubbed off. So you don't know how much water is actually in there. If you're trying to measure something, I said, we should probably get a new one. And he said, well, why this one still works. It boils water, doesn't it? yeah <laughs> it does but we could get a new one where you could still see the numbers on it but no why because then you you have like an extra piece of uh, plastic and electric and you have to figure out how to deal with that how to dispose of that and then also it's an investment we were both students at the time that well okay you know do we have money to invest in a new water cooker and you know so there are all of these different um, thought processes that you go through whereas in America or maybe also in Canada you just say well you know, we're going to get a new water cooker. If we don't have the cash, we're gonna, we'll put it on the credit cards.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, no, that's we'll a really great. I, I like the fact that they care about quality, right? Like oh. an example of that is the Telmo mix. I don't know if you have one at home. Mm. Like these machines, people have them 20, 30 years.
1: Yeah.
0: Right.
1: And, and they do everything too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Telmo Mixer. All
0: right. So I can't imagine in Canada having anything for that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right.
1: Or even so when we bought our a washing machine, that was something where it's like you know this is like a twenty year investment here. We are, we're going to have this for the length of of its you know twenty to thirty years. Having this washing machine, this is it's a pretty big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So everywhere you can, everywhere you go, you can learn some really beautiful things if mm. you're open, and that's what I've allowed myself in these seven years. The beginning was difficult but eventually i was able to open myself to say hey what can these people teach me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what can i learn about how they do things here how can i show gratitude towards my experiences and these interactions that i have and and that's made all the difference
1: Well, and I, and I think when you're, when you're doing that, when you're entering into another culture or even learning another language too, most important would be, and I think that you do this very well, um, George, is the listening, right? So you're not just, for example, when, when you're teaching, you're not just talking and saying things, you're also listening to your students and the needs that they, that they have. You're listening to the mistakes that they're making and offering help in that way. But then when you go into a, new cultural situation as well you need to be observant right you need to see where you are you need to uh, respect the cultural norms and and listen and experience and also in that sense you're also then grateful for where you are at that point in time because you're you're really taking everything in then and just listening and one one tip that i always used to give my um, students when I when I was teaching was that when you're learning another language it helps just to just to relax a little bit actually relax your ears and just let it all flow in don't try to categorize and put things into boxes right away just let it sink in get get a get a feel for the language first or get a feel for the culture first and then you'll you'll realize that you're going to be making these connections a little bit more naturally than you would if you're trying to go for the one-on-one translation or if you're trying to follow this guidebook to a t it's just a matter of yeah opening up as you said opening up listening being grateful for where you are
0: Oh, definitely this advice with regards to listening, a lot of times I just want to tell people the information that I know right because mm. I read a lot, so I can tell you a little bit about almost everything. but it's not as interesting as when I actually just say, "Oh, let me ask you some questions I, I'll, I'll tell you a story Yesterday, I took a BlaBlaCar, car It's like a midF gelegenheit from Hanover to Braunschweig, so I found someone who would take me. I got into the car and I just said, my first question, what's your story? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Mm -hmm. And for the next 40 minutes, he told me about his life. He was born in in Germany, but his parents are Turkish. They were one of the first Turkish people who came back in the 1960s and Mm -hmm. told me about all the different places in Turkey and where he or his family comes from. And I'm like, wow. And I just continued to ask him questions and show interest. And when I got out of his car, he came and he gave me a hug. I'm like, Wow so crazy what 40 minutes can do when you just open yourself up to learning.
1: Sure. And it's that human connection that you get as well, right? Asking questions is is the way to to get to know someone. And I, I also find that, at least the Germans in particular, they take questions very seriously. And so when you ask them a question, they actually think about it and they give you a very truthful answer. Whereas maybe, so the, how are you question is a very good example uh, you know, you ask somebody, how are you in, in the U S and they just say, fine. And then they go on with their day or whatever it is that they were doing. You ask somebody how they're doing in Germany and they're going to sit and chat with you for a good 15 minutes to tell you exactly how they're feeling and exactly what they're doing and
0: listening. Right. So as we move through these transitions of life, whether it's physical location or in relationships. And I think particularly in relationships, that advice can help us to just listen. Mm. What is the other person going through? How are they evolving? Instead of just always like, I find it, I I see it in myself. I'm like, hey, Jen, I have this and this idea. And oh, I I talked about this and oh, I want to do this. And then she'll just sit there and say, yes, uh mm -hmm." Mm uh-huh. And then at some point I catch myself 30 minutes later. Oh, how was your day? (laughs) What yeah. are you thinking about, But oh, it's like, ah, why do I do this?
1: <laughs> well, it's hard if you, especially if you get wrapped up in what you're doing and you get so excited and you just want to spill it all out. But yeah, it's true. You need that in, in all aspects of life, within your personal relationships, within your work relationships, yeah, listening.
0: What do you think has helped you, right? Because that second point was with meeting your husband, your now husband,
1: mm-hmm. as
0: you've gone, I don't know, how long have you guys been together?
1: We have been together, oh geez, um, I think 15 years now. <laughs> 15 <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> years.
0: And I imagine you've changed a lot. You told me he's stayed relatively stable, even though he's gone through some changes himself. Mm. What has helped you in accepting the fact that these changes are happening? How have you grown with this man through the years?
1: Well, I think. A lot of times, when you're in it, when you're in the relationship, you don't necessarily see the changes yourself because they're so gradual. However, when you have when you meet up with friends that maybe you haven't seen in a while, or maybe with family also, and then they they might comment on like, "Oh, I didn't realize that you are speaking German now," or "Oh, I didn't realize that you uh, recycle now." I don't know, (laughs) for example, and that's something where I, I could definitely tell with my my husband and his friend circle a lot of times they would tell me like oh wow you know alex seems very he's a lot more open now that he like he'll actually like sit and socialize whereas before he would keep more to himself because out of the two of us i'm i'm the more extroverted social one and he's a lot more introverted but he's also the one that has the the memory trap like he will remember every single thing and every little detail and i have a memory like a, a, a colander right everything just goes through like a goldfish, right my yeah. my memory is terrible. and so I would like to say that that has changed and that has improved, but it has not. <laughs> it certainly has not. I'm still working on that. but there I feel like there are certain things about you that you try to actively work on. so for example with me, it's my memory I'm trying to actively improve my memory. But then there are things about you that change just because of the situation and how you are. and so for me, I feel like, I think that I actually am more open to talking about myself more now as I was before, whereas before I would talk about anything, just not about myself because i'm very I'm very private, I'm very personable, and would wait until somebody got to know me a little bit more to actually share with them details of my personal life. But I feel like being here and maybe also within the relationship that I have with a German where they actually don't just want to hear that one word answer they want to hear a full-on explanation of how are you feeling right now or what went wrong here or what what's going right here like how can we fix this how can we work towards this and i i think that that's definitely helped me develop in in, in that way
0: i like that right i like that yeah because i see it too right because there's a a lot of times where you're just going through the motions you're not really thinking about it. And especially with the idea there with the, how are you? It's hmm. in Canada, like you're walking and then you see someone and they're like, hey, how are you? And they say, fine. But you continue walking. Keep Nobody walking, stops. Yeah. Yep. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But a
0: German, that's a real question. So it's something that I've thought about. And that's something my students also ask me, like, George, do you want a Canadian answer or the real answer? And I'm like, <laughs> give me the real answer.
1: Hmm.
0: How are you?
1: I, I'm someone that would always double tap the "How are you?" I, I would first get, you go in with the "Hi, how are you?" and then if it's with a close friend, then I would follow up with again. So, how are you doing? And then that's when you kind of get into exactly. it, you, know, so you you do the the, the double. Exactly <laughs>
0: the double. How are you? Yeah. That's when double it's tap. real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like
0: that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah, but it's true. So mm-hmm. no,
0: these are these are all parts of of growing and developing and And just seeing, hey, what are the good parts of this society that I think I can adopt into my own personality? Mm. yeah, I, I take that in. I welcome yeah. that in. there's
1: I think it I, I was gonna say, I think I've also learned how to how to explain or how to get my wishes across in a better way for for example, um so with my husband and also with uh, many many Germans. When you present an idea, it's expected that it's a fully fledged idea, that you have the process all sorted out, that you know exactly. You don't just say, hey, let's go to the park. You say, "Okay, I would like to go to the park and I want to take the two tram at 745 and we'll arrive there. We're going to have a picnic and go for a walk and then we'll take the 842 tram back and then we'll then um, be home and have a glass of wine together. Right. So you have this fully fledged plan, right? Absolutely. (laughs)
0: That's been my experience as well. If I come to right. visit my mother-in-law, especially earlier on, she mm-hmm. would want to know exactly at what time are we going to arrive? Mm-hmm. Are we going to bring anybody with us? How many days are we going to stay? What exactly do we want to eat? Yes. I, <laughs> it was a lot.
1: That's always uh, the first yeah. question. What do you want to eat? <laughs> what are you going to eat? But I, I, I've... i So now I, I, I try to... I I mean, I I also know plenty of Germans who are quite spontaneous, and they say, "Hey, if you happen to be around, I'm going to the park now," and then you can also do that a little spontaneously. But when it comes to making these plans, and I have a very good example of this actually Uh, right now, a friend of a roommate of mine from college, she's Greek, but is living has been living in Italy for the past fifteen years. She came to visit with her Italian partner, and then you have me and my German partner, and they. They arrived Friday night, but we knew that we wouldn't see them until Saturday. And I told my German partner, I said, okay, Alex, uh, they're gonna sleep in, so we'll probably see them in the afternoon. And then Alex says, Okay, well, what are we going to do in the afternoon? And I said, Well, I suggested X, Y, and Z. Just suggested. So I had to make it very clear that I only suggested there are no, there are no (laughs) plans that are made. And it's just a suggestion of we could do either this thing or that thing, but we're going to see what they want to do. And then, of course, my my Greek uh, roommate then uh, writes to me that evening, oh, we got in, we'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Again, not making any plans, not doing anything. And so then the following morning, message with her again after my german partner starting to get a little antsy saying well you know it's it's 11 it's almost it's almost noon time that means it's almost afternoon time so what are the plans <laughs> what are we going to do it's it's still it's just a suggestion it's still in the works let me you know so then i'm being the mediator between these two very different cultures and and then trying to get my Greek roommate to commit to some sort of plan that I can then tell my German partners. That way, everybody is at ease, but not feeling rushed or overwhelmed. And in the end, it worked out fine. But it was one of those things where I think they they were still trying to get out the door, and my partner is busy pacing at home, saying, "Okay, well, you know, we can do this or we can do that." And I have, you know, the GPS is planned for. Bu- bu- <laughs>
0: that is so funny. That is really really funny. But it is that's how it is, right? And I think we may want things to work out a certain way. And that's a quality that I do appreciate about Germans. Cause like I said, I'm more organized as a result, mm. but also understanding that it's not going to be the same around the world <laughs> mm-hmm. and that there's other ways to do things and that it's also perfectly okay mm-hmm. to be spontaneous and to not have a concrete plan. It's okay.
1: I feel like that there's still even planning within German spontaneity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like whenever whenever it's a, oh, let's spontaneously meet up, there's still an underlying program there that you just, Absolutely. it's just a surprise to you. They know exactly. what the plan they is. Know. <laughs> they know what they want to do. They have but, the plan already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think ultimately I just, like, whenever I find these differences, at the beginning they used to frustrate me, and now I just laugh. I'm like, wow, this is just how people are, and we're all a little Mm. different and it's okay. Let's embrace the craziness of this life and move forward, right? Mm. How can we support one another? How can we learn from one another? Exactly like what I'm doing today with you. I get to learn from you and learn from (laughs) your stories. So I really, really appreciate it, Ashley. Any final thoughts? What would be your advice to someone going through a period of transition in their own life at this moment?
1: Very good question. I think my advice to somebody going through some sort of transition at this point in time in their lives, I would say just to to roll with it, to relax and just kind of go with it, prepare yourself as much as you can in order to feel comfortable. Within a certain situation. And so, of course, it depends on the type of transition that someone is going through. But if you are about to uproot your life and move to another country, another state, if you're just moving in with your partner, maybe, and you you don't know what to expect, just have those couple of things that you can always touch base with and feel comfortable with. Whether it's having a photo album or a little stuffed animal, or maybe it's, maybe it's just a favorite show that you like to binge or a podcast, maybe <laughs> just have, have those forms of comfort at the ready. So that way, if you do get overwhelmed or if you do feel stressed, then you can give yourself a moment to step back, go into your comfort zone, take a breath, and then step back out of your comfort zone again. I like it. Roll with it. Yeah, try to roll with it.
0: Thank you, Ashley.
1: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: And you're always welcome to visit me in Canada.
1: Even <laughs> spontaneously. Even spontaneously. Now is this is this, is this a real offer is this one of those? Oh, it's it would real. be nice it's to real. see you. So oh, if absolutely. I if I say, All right, George, I'm I'm George, I'm gonna make an an appointment up. next next September, September thirteenth, I'll be at the Toronto Airport at four o'clock. <laughs>
0: We'll figure it yeah,
1: out, and you'll go come to pick me up. Okay. Oh, we'll figure
0: it out. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I'm Latino. We 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 roll, we'll with, see? It. We'll there roll you go. with it. We roll with
1: Yeah, yeah. But awesome. I, I'm I'm also a little bit of an atypical U.S. American in that when <laughs> I say when I say that I'm coming and I'm going to visit, I am coming. <laughs> oh, I believe. I it. I have invited myself to Disney World before. So oh yeah, <laughs> yeah look out. Yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. My mom always said from the door to the inside, everything can be turned into a bed. So anybody who Mm -hmm. walks into this house is welcome. We'll find food for them. We'll find a place for them to sleep. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we'll make it happen.
1: That's a super well yeah, yeah.
0: Awesome, Ashley. Then all the best to you as you continue in your career and also in your own relationship. I wish you well in all of your transitions.
1: Thanks, you too. And good luck with um, the move back. (laughs)
0: Ashley is always fun. She's easygoing and asks good questions. We can all learn from her communication style. Question for you. Have you gone through any major transitions in your life? How did you manage it? If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. If you're a gymnasium student looking to improve your English communication, Visit my website for one-on-one lessons. That's it for this episode. Also, bis next mal.